I want you to turn to two portions of Scripture, one in Deuteronomy chapter 14, and then also in uh, Philippians 4. And, the, and what I'm going to talk to you, the message I want to give to you this morning is the message I want to share with you today is on joy. Say it when you say joy. joy. Say it like you mean it. Say joy. All right, I like that. And so what I want to do is, you know, we're going we're gonna to give next weekend to our, our miracle offering. And a lot of people, when, when we talk about what you do and giving, they don't have a lot of joy. And so God doesn't want you to give if you can't give joyfully. Amen? Amen. And so what I want to do is, please hear me. Why did God create giving? I don't know, Pastor. But I like coming here because y'all always ask great questions. And so what happens is, is that I believe this is why? Because I believe he created giving so we could share in his greatest joy. God's greatest joy is in giving and sharing. He sent his son while we were yet far away, living in our guilt, living in our shame, trying to hide under a rock, trying to be somebody else, trying to put on the mask because we got to remember the lie about the lie that we told about the last lie. Okay. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, I'm going to slow down because I can get excited. But what happens is I, God's greatest joy is giving. Look at your neighbor and say, giving. See, why, why, would, why would he create that? You know, because to be a part of a relationship with him, I believe there, he allows us to do one thing, is sharing his greatest joy. You know, I have friends that are... Uh, that are very generous. I'm just going to share a few things about what I've seen. When I had cancer, uh, if for some of you that are new, I had, I, I had colon cancer. I had stage four. It went from my colon to my liver and it's stage four. And I shouldn't be up here, but thank God I am. And God still works miracles. God still does incredible things in people's lives. And when I went through that period, I had several people that just, I have a friend of mine that He's one of my best friends. He has the largest church in the state of Louisiana. It's part of our family of churches. And when I, when I got sick immediately, he sent me the largest check I ever received as an individual. Are you hearing me? I did have to pay taxes on it. But anyway. But it was the largest check. He said, Bubba, I don't want you to worry about one thing as you walk this journey. I'm believing God. God's going to be with you. God's going God's to touch you. I don't believe this is unto death. You understand hearing me? You understand me? And then I remember just thinking, man, you know, how, how generous. And it wasn't from his, it was from him. And I remember I was hunting with a guy that is from Jacksonville. He's a, has one of the top 20 churches in America. And sometimes as a guide, I get to go bring out some incredible people. And him and I have been friends. And he thinks I'm the greatest goose slayer in the world. And teach him how to cook geese and, you know, redfish and all those other things. And, you know, and then we're just sitting there talking and, and he asked me, how are you doing? And I said, man, let me tell you about what this guy did. And he goes, you know what, Bubba, you know what? That same guy bought me a brand. I just told him I didn't have a, a gun to hunt turkeys. He bought me a brand new shirt, turkey shotgun. And we started talking about the generosity of this one individual. And we were like, we were just so blessed being able to talk about that. And another person I love in my family that I really love, that's really dear to me, this is my only daughter, Olivia. My little girl is so generous. I mean, if she feel, hears that someone's sick and she will drive a car or she'll do something. Please. And I remember when Joel, Pastor Josh and Lindsay's little boy got sick, she, she opened up a lemonade stand. And she, I mean, she would literally stand at the door out there 
When people were walking in the church, am I lying, Lindsay? And, and she would ask people to give a contribution to help Joel while he was in the hospital. And because her heart is to give. You know, my best friend uh, that I led to the Lord, after I, we, were, we were my best friend since I was a junior in high school. And he told me, when, and I led him to the Lord. And he said, one day, Bubba, one day you and I are going to travel around the world together. And you're going to preach Jesus and I'm going to carry your briefcase. And a couple of years ago, God blessed him. And he was able to sell his business for a lot. And I remember he called me. He said, Bubba, I'm ready to carry your briefcase. When I went to England last year and Albania to minister in the men's conference and stuff like that, he paid for my whole trip. We're going to Africa in a month. He's paying for the whole trip. He goes, and I said, come on, apostle, carry that bag tight. <laughs> you know, and he was the kind of guy that when I got sick as well, he, he blessed us. I never had to do a fundraiser. I just had people that I knew that were generous, that helped us. And I never forget my, I remember he came to my wife and when he didn't trust me, I guess, because he goes, hey, here's some Walmart cards. Get whatever you want. He didn't give them to me. He knew I bought shotgun shells. <laughs> and so just the generosity. And how many of you know, how many of you like having friends that are generous? Yeah. I used to think, you know, one day when God really blesses me, then I'll be really generous with people. I've learned this. People that are generous when they have nothing. Are you hearing me? God's just helping them to learn when they get blessed, they still do what they normally do. Amen? Amen. And they're just generous. And see, I believe that there's a joy in giving. We all have experienced that joy in giving something, blessing someone, helping someone. When, it, when you come the next week, I don't want you to give under compulsion. I don't want you to give because, you, you know, because of necessity. God said it very specifically. I want you to give joyfully and with joy. Is that all right? And so this morning, I want to teach you three things about joy. The first thing I want to do is I want to talk to you about this. Number one, of the joy, say, of returning. Say, returning. Okay, what does that mean, Pastor? Well, let's look at Leviticus. We're going to share some other verses and other chapters, uh, other chap- uh, verses in the Bible. And it says, every tithe of the land. How much? What does it say? Every. Every. Remember that, every. Tithe of the land, whether whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the trees is what Lord. is the Lord's and it is what holy. holy to the Lord. I'm glad we got this little teaching screen. Pastor Josh said, man, can I, man, I said, go get one. And I, I, I know why he likes it now. Cause I'm a storyteller. I just use my hands and feet, hair, whatever. But this is good. Kind of, it's not anyway. I'm getting distracted. My ADD's kicking in. I'm just, I'm enjoying this. This is nice. I'm glad you talked me into it or asked me, Pastor Josh. But anyway, the thing, let me get back to the message. In other words, every tithe. What does that mean? It holy means, I mean, when it says it's the Lord, you know what that saying right there? It says it's his property. I remember as a kid, we say there's a, a guy that lived. I, I grew up in Oakborn Estates in Lafayette. And I remember there, there, was a, there was a piece of property that we'd always like to go to because it was along the Vermilion and we had boats and things like that growing up. And, but we had this one place, it was, it was Mr. Shopwee's property. And the Shopwee's owned a lot of property around Lafayette. And I'll never forget, we'd go down to Vermilion, but we, we'd go to this Mr. Shopwee's property. Now, he didn't know we were on his property. It was called Trespassing. 
But what we would do, we'd get up there, and then they had this house on the island right behind the airport, okay? And, and the only way to get to the island is they had a trolley. Now, if you show a 10, 12, 13, 14-year-old boy, you got to have a trolley. I mean, and it's hooked up to a pole. Man, we'd get on that trolley and go across to the other side of the island and just play. We didn't terrorize the house or anything. But it was just the, it was the joy of getting on that trolley. But if you didn't push the trolley hard enough, sometimes you would get stuck in the middle. So you'd have to kind of bring yourself, you know what I mean? Get yourself to the other side or start back. And I remember one day we're just having fun, my brother, my friend Jay, and some other guys, and we're just having fun, and, and all of a sudden, we're, we're going out there, and, shh, and all of a sudden, the guy that was a caretaker, now he was super Cajun. I mean, in the summer, 95 degree weather, he'd wear knee boots. And he drove an old, like, funky Ford pickup. I mean, all of a sudden, we're out there, we're just having fun, all of a sudden we hear, I mean, this guy's burning the road, getting over there, and we're going, oh, shoot, we're busted. And then we're on the trolley, and what happens is we're going across, and it gets stuck. You can't get to the other side and run in the woods and hide. We're in the middle. And I remember he said adjectives I cannot repeat to you. And his wife, I mean, she had hair growing from her beard. I mean, I mean, from her chin. I mean, she made me look like I had a starter kit. Anyway, I think she even had it on her chest. But anyway, just, no, I'm serious. And she, she was, I'm serious. And she needed dental help. Anyway, I'm just telling you, I remember. And I remember we get stuck, and then he said, I'm going to bring you to your house. I'm going to have your mama beat your butt. It wasn't butt, but it was something else. And I'll never forget. I got in trouble because I was trespassing. I was on property that didn't belong to me. And when God says, it's mine, it's my property, and he says this, I don't know where the scripture went, but what happened is it said, and it is holy. What does holy mean? It means set apart for the Lord. It's the Lord's. Yes, God owns it all, but he gives 90%, think about it, to do whatever you want. He's just asking for the 10% in return. You can do anything with the 90. But he's saying this, I want you to return it to God. It's always to be brought to the house of God. Look at the next verse, Exodus. And the, the best of the first fruits. What does it say? The best. The best, the best of the first fruits. What got, Adam, what got Cain and Abel in trouble? You know what happened? Abel brought the best and Cain brought what was left over. It's like, it's like having a good gumbo and you go share it when it's fresh. Rather than have been, well, gumbo gets better. Now, maybe that's a bad analogy. It's like, having a, a, the, it's like having a bologna sandwich. I don't know if that makes sense either, but no, I'm just playing with you. No, it's just like, it's like you're not giving your best. You're just giving what's left over. And he's saying this, the first fruits of your ground, so you can bring. What does it say? Bring. bring. I want you to remember that word. Into the house of the Lord your God. In other words, and Malachi says it like this. In chapter 3, verse 10, it says, bring. What does it say? Bring, bring the full tithe into the storehouse. What, what do you say? Wait a minute, Pastor. The reason God uses the word bring when talking about 
talking about tithing and not give is because you can't give what doesn't belong to you. You see, you can only bring it. You bring it to the house of God. What does that mean? That means the place where you're getting spiritually fed. Hello. See, you may come here discouraged. See what church is all about. Church is not a building. Church is a people. And what happens is God doesn't care if we build massive buildings and things like that. He wants us to be able to come, you to come in here to a place of fellowship, a, a place of community where maybe you've been discouraged. Maybe you've been down and all of a sudden, maybe through the word of God, through the foolishness of preaching, that's what the Bible calls it, through the foolishness of preaching, or that you have friends and people that you can gather together that can be like anchors in your life. Because let me tell you something. One thing about an anchor is you don't see it. Aren't you glad if you've got a storm, it's holding you down? And that's what Jesus does. Jesus is an anchor. And no matter what you see around you, he's going to be the very thing that holds you. And this is all about Jesus. It's a relationship with Jesus. Are you hearing me? It's a relationship with the one, even though you don't see him, you can feel him. You can see it. It's like the wind. You can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of the wind. And see, you can't see Jesus right now, maybe, but you can see the effects of what he does in people's lives. How many of you have met Jesus. Good. We got a lot of preaching to do this morning. How many of you have met him? Come on. How many of you know him? How many of you have a relationship with him? It's not a religion. It's a relationship. You see, what, what are you going to see? Now, let me show you something else. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 14. Look what it says. You shall tithe what? All. all. Remember that. You know, when you look up that word in the Hebrew, you know what it means? means all. Anyway, there you go. I'm glad you got Hebrew scholars. All the yield of your seed that comes from the field year by year. And before, before the Lord your God into the what? Place. He, he, what? He will choose to make. That's why it's important. You need to go where God tells you to go. You need to ask God, God, is this where you want me to be in my church? Because the Bible says those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. And there's a lot of people in now, in, today that don't want to be committed to anything. They don't want to be committed to their marriage. They don't want to be committed to raising their children. And surely enough, they don't want to be committed to being a part of a church. So what they do, they're like pot plants. They come to your church and go, hey, feed me, water me a little bit, and then you go. But you never get roots. And without roots, you can't get fruited. So you got to get rooted to get fruited. Amen? And so you need to ask God, God, where do you want me to plant myself and my family and my children so we can begin to grow? We can get roots in our lives and and we can get fruited in our marriage, fruited with our children. You see what it says? It says, I'm getting excited. Come on. Y'all pray for me. My heart's beating fast. And before the Lord your God, in the place that we choose to make his name dwell there, you shall eat the tithe of your grain, of, the, of your wine, and of your oil, and the firstborn of your herd and flock, that you may learn to fear. What that word fear means to honor and respect or to have reverence toward. He says this, and he says, the Lord your God always, but if the way is too long for you so that you are not able to carry your tithe. Think about it. What he's saying there, if you had a herd of 400 cows and your tithe, well, guess what your tithe would be? 40. How many of you know that's a long way? It's a long way to take cows through the desert and survive. So what, what he says is, he's saying, so if it's too long, he said to bring them to the house of the Lord, to Jerusalem, where they would go and worship where the temple was. What he said is, sell them. 
And put the money in your hand and bring it. Look what he says. It's pretty cool. When the Lord your God blesses you because the place is too far for you, which the Lord your God chooses to set his name there, then you shall turn it into money. And bind the money in your hand and go to the place that the Lord your God chooses. And spend the money for whatever you desire. Oxen, sheep, wine, strong drink, whatever your appetite craves. And you know, there's a, when you look at that... If you look at that in some of the commentaries, this is what the commentary. A commentary is what people use, especially pastors and things like that. It's me, it means someone that studied the scripture and they're going to tell you a comment about what they've learned through their studies. It's just, and they call it a commentary. So it's comments. And when you look up this one right here in a lot of commentaries, it says, it, you know what it says? No comment. No comment. That'd be like you coming to Pastor Josh or me and going, hey, Pastor Bubba. Hey, what do you have to say about that? What is the word of God? No comment. Well, what do you think? No comment. And so what it says right here, it says, whatever your appetite craves. So you shall eat there before the Lord your God. And what? Rejoice. And what? Rejoice. rejoice. You and your household. The root word for rejoice is joy. So how do you explain sell, take the money, and have a party? That's easy in South Louisiana. Come on. Party! All you got to do, we having a party. Oh, really? Who's coming? T-boy, T-girl, some mama to it. I mean, you go, hey! Cheeky check! Some of y'all get excited. Y'all don't be all acting like... I know y'all. I've seen y'all. But you have to be careful. Let me just say, he's saying celebrate. Have joy in your celebration. When you're going to the house of God, you need to be joyful in what you do. And when you give an offering, see, your tithe was always a celebration of Thanksgiving. God, thank you that I've been so blessed, that I'm so grateful that I have the opportunity to just bring back what you blessed me with. Does that make sense? Giving is always meant to be joyful. You know, my wife and I have six children. And my older ones, when they would go out sometimes and they would go, hey, we're going to so-and-so Lafayette. And, you know, because they kind of grew up part of their life there. And he goes, we're going to go the skate. There was a skateboard place. I forget the name of it. And that's where Andrew would want to go. And, and, and then, you know, Zach, he just wanted to hang out with Claire because they just couldn't get enough of each other. And they're fixing to have six children. I don't know where he got those ideas from. Oh, that's right. We have six. That's... Y'all didn't know Claire and Zach are pregnant again. Come on. You go better them than me. And I remember sometimes we go, hey, man, here. All right. Look. Here's my debit card, my credit card. I want you can go out with that. If I didn't have cash, you can go out with that. Y'all have fun. Now this is for you. This is for your necessities. This is not to go to the mall and buy brand new jeans. This isn't go to. This is like for you to eat, okay? And then you get the bill. Forty dollars at Judy's Inn. Skate spot. What? $50? Then you bring them in. What happened? Well, Dad, my friends didn't have no money, so I bought their dinner too. Well, yeah, but did not. 
Dad, it's okay. They're going to pay me back. Pay you back? <laughs> Sounds like you got a business going on. That's called stealing. Are you hearing me? And see, what happens is many times is that, you know, what happens is tithe is not your money. You bring it to God's house. And there you're to give with a joyful gratitude of thanksgiving. Amen? Amen. The second thing is I want to talk to you about the joy of giving. See, that's your tithe. But here, what about giving? The joy of giving. We give when it's over and above the tithe. That's what giving is. Otherwise, it's just returning. I want to show you two scriptures that you all know. But I believe they're misused. Many times. How many of you have heard of the, uh, the scripture Ephesians 4.13? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Remember Tim Tebow? He'd have it right here. How many of you heard that verse before? Okay. And then verse 19, it says this. I can do all things through him or through Christ who strengthens me. How many of you heard that verse before? Anybody? Okay. Good. You ever heard the verse? So verse 19 says, and my, in verse 19 says, and my God shall supply all, what? Every need of yours according to his riches in the glory, in glory in Christ Jesus. In other words, you ever heard that verse? So what happens is, you see, can I tell you that the most people misquote verse 19? You know what they usually say? It goes something like this. And they'll say, my God shall supply my needs. Or it's a, our God shall supply our needs. You see, but what happens is you've got to realize we know verse 13 and we, verse, we know verse 19. What about the verses between those two verses? What's it saying right there? And that's what I want to talk. I want to talk. Let, but before I share about what, what's between those verses, you've got to understand what was going on during this time. Paul, was, he was the one that wrote this letter. These letters, and, and he's, he's, it's verse, it's actually, if you go to book of Acts, it's in chapter 16, where he's in this period of time, and, and he was in a providence called, he had a Macedonian call, where he was called, people sent a message, and they said, can you come here? That's how we started our church in Eunice. It happened with a call while I was out hunting one day. Would you please come and start a church here? A lady called, she looked us up, heard what we were doing, can you come? Please come, consider it. Would you pray about it? And me and Pastor Jacob were in a, goose, uh, a blind one day, and he goes, either you go or I go. I said, I'm going. He said, go for it, man of God. But what happens is, here is his. It's in really, in modern day, it would be like northern Turkey and northern Greece. That's where it was. And the first place that he went was in Philippi. And what happened is the first city that he came to in Philip, it was in that area, was called Philippi. So let's, let's go to verse 14. Are y'all, y'all with me? And it, was, and it was kind of, and he goes, yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. How many of you ever had troubles in life? Okay, you see, I mean, y'all were kind to me. I was having trouble. You know, my car broke down. Y'all sent me to the mechanic shop. He fixed, my, he fixed my brakes and he fixed what the problem was. And he put gas in it. Praise God. And he said this, and, you're, and you Philippines yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me. In other words, he was building tents and he was on his own. 
And so what happened is no church entered the partnership and giving and receiving except you only. Even Thessalonica, this is the next city from where he was just at in Philippi. He said, even Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once again. In other words, Philippi, you gave me two offerings. And he says this, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I, I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Ephedaphis, this, speaking in tongues, this. Anyway, the gifts you sent. A fragrant offering. Remember that fragrant. And sacrifice, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. In other words, because you are giving church, you gave me twice, you gave to me twice, and he says, all of this, and he said, and my God, look what he's saying, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. In other words, because you are giving church, my God will supply all your needs. See, people quote this verse, and they're not givers. But Paul's saying this verse is for givers. Thanks for all those amens. In other words, Paul stated he started out as a tent maker, but paying his own way through ministry. But in Philippi was the first place where he stopped having to build tents and he became full time. And all the churches began to support him. And what happened with Paul is he said, man, they started. I mean, I even went, even in the midst of a, a recession. That's what it was. Even in the midst of reception, Philippi, you still gave to me. Corinth, Corinth had the, what they could have, but they didn't, but you did. You guys gave. You were a blessing. That would be like someone, like when I was in college, I used to get care packages. Thank God for care packages. And I was in Bible college, and look, let me tell you, it's like living with a, thief, a, a den of thieves if you get a care package. I mean, it's got food, beef jerky, cookies. It's got, I mean, just sometimes a cl clothes, a jacket, whatever it was. And I remember when I get my care package, I would run to the woods. Because in our Bible college, they were told, you're supposed to share out of your care package. I said, the heck with that. <laughs> yeah, someone said amen. <laughs> You've been to college too. But that would be like today. If someone goes, you know, Pastor Bubba, we're gonna, you're in such whatever town. We're going to send you a care pack. We're going to send you some clothes. We're going to get you some socks. We're going to get you some BVDs. That's, that's important. We're going we're gonna to bless you. And, and we're going to give you some fragrant offering. That means gonna, we're going to give you some cologne because we want you to look good. And we want you to smell good when you show up. And by the way, we're going to put some sugar cookies in there too. I mean, like, just the smell of fresh cookies. Come on. I mean, just, you know what I mean? And I'm not trying to give y'all hints to go start getting me sugar cookies, because I know you're a generous church, and, and you, you, I wouldn't want to do that to you ever. I really don't like sugar cookies. I really don't. I really like milk chocolate <laughs> cookies, chocolate chip cookies. Anyway, Miss Tracy makes the best. Some of you've had some. I've never people listen. If you have Miss Tracy's chocolate chip cookies, you don't know what it's the closest thing to the other side of heaven. <laughs> I literally I have people that come from all the is Miss Tracy making her cookies, brother? You uh, yes, Tracy make yeah I make. Second Corinthians says it like this: 
You must decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. I'm asking every person that is being spiritually fed here at this campus to give next week. But listen, here's the but. But listen to me. Listen to me closely. Because I want you to hear what I'm saying. I don't want you to give anything under pressure or compulsion. In fact, if you don't feel like you can give with joy, don't give. We love you. Just don't do it. That's all I'm saying. Amen? I'm not going to wind up the mission. You know, why? People go, I'm going to give. We're not going to show you pictures of, you know, malnutritious children with flies. and go, feed me. We're not going to do that. Because I've been to all those kind of meetings. I've been where you go, oh, i got to do it. I want God to speak to me when I'm supposed to do something significantly. Are you hearing me? Because it's the joy. I want joy, real joy. The joy of the Lord. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. If you're going to give grudgingly, can I just say this? Look at me. Keep it. Keep it. See, cheerfully in the Greek is where you get hilaros. The word, the root word, that's the root word for the word hilarious. Has God ever asked you to do something so big and so like crazy you go, that's funny? Or, you know, or challenging, <laughs> you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever had God tell you to give something and you thought, it's just, this is crazy? When you look back, what did God do in your life when you obeyed? He gave you great joy. I remember several years ago when we were starting the church, I was meeting. It was D&D Auto Brokers. It was Mark Doe's. And right there by the airport. And there was several guys who would meet for a Bible study. I'd come on a Friday morning at 6 o'clock from Lafayette. I'd drive to come do a Bible study right there with men. And that's how we started the church. And I remember Pastor Jacob had like a missionary that night before. It was like a Thursday night for some reason. And, and, and he said, man, we got this missionary guy and he's coming. And, and he says, and, you know, and, and, and the guy had like a great word. And God's speaking to him. He said, you need to give. And, 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 and it's like, the Lord told me to give everything I had in my pocket. I had $30. Now, you got to get this. Look at me. I want you to understand. I had $30 and it was hunting season. And I was out of shotgun shells. And I'm thinking, and God says, I want you to give everything. I'm saying, Get behind me, devil. <laughs> That's the truth. How many ever had a fight with God? Y'all pray for me. I mean, I'm just struggling. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, man, I like this. Can I just be honest? Can I just be really honest with you, brutally honest? I want to be authentic here. I don't want to be like a fake. I was struggling, and I kept saying, no, God, the geese are calling my name. Someone needs to go exterminate those. That's two boxes. That's how long ago it was. It's two boxes of shells, Lord, three and a half inch. I mean, come on, double beat me. Finally, I just, I like to say I gave with joy. I didn't. I gave grudgingly. I gave with a bad attitude. Can I, can I just, 
missionary. Why'd he come tonight? <laughs> Gave my tithe. The next morning, I show up at the Bible study, and I'm sharing. It was at the end, and a guy comes up to me. He says, hey, Pastor Bob. I said, yeah, man. He's a business guy here in town. Don't come to our church. Just a friend. And he goes, man, God spoke to me last night. Come to find it's the same time God was speaking to me. And if God told me I'm supposed to give this to you, and, he, and if you don't know what this is, it's called a, a, a Pentecostal handshake where there's a, they have a, some money in their hand and they shake your hand. Pastor Josh knows to do with that. I do too. You just go, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's very kind of you. You put it in your pocket. You don't look in front of them. So everybody leaves and I go and I, I'm like, pull it out. When I pull it out, I'm like, Benjamin Franklin, Benjamin Franklin, Benjamin, three Benjamin Franklins, $30, 300%. I'm like, man, I should have grabbed Tracy's purse and put all our money in there too. Dang! But God didn't speak to Tracy because she would have. She's like, oh, we're giving it all, right in the check, everything. You stingy bubba. It's true. Why do you say that? Because God wants us to have joy. Are you hearing me? I could tell you so many stories about how this building got built. Literally matching funds and all that. And we're going, you know what? I had the bank saying, we're ready. We're ready to give you a loan. But we're going, man, we're just, we want to trust God before we do anything else. Can we just do that? Can we see what God wants to do? That's why I'm asking you to pray. And the last point is the joy of extravagant giving. See, 1 Corinthians 29 says like this, verse 3 and verse 16 and 17. Moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God. This is David. I have given to the house of my God over and above. I have given to the building of God's house over and above my regular giving. See, what can you give above what God has blessed you with? OSC, you're a generous church. I'm asking you to do something let me just say, I'm not going to ask you something to do something that I don't do. I'll just be honest with you. I'm one of the biggest givers in this church, Tracy and I. Why? Well, you make more. No, it's not about the money. It's about the heart. Are you hearing me? And, it, 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 and I just want to say, let's, let's just read. Let's go on and read. And, and, and what happens is it says, our God, out of abundance, have provided for the building of your house. For your holy name comes from your hand, and it's all your own. I know, my God, that you test the heart. You ever been tested? And a pleasure in uprighteousness. In the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all these things. And now I've seen your people who were present here offering freely and joyously to you. This is when they were building the house of the Lord, and they were just being extravagant. OSC is a giving church. We are. You're giving people. I'm blessed to be your pastor. I'm blessed. See, what David is saying is such a joy for me to lead a people who are doing what I'm doing also. And he's also saying this. He said, as a leader, I never, we don't want to ever ask you to do anything. Listen, you know what? Let me just say this. 
Pastor Josh and myself, let me, can I just say, we want to be authentic. We want to be real. We want to be open. And sometimes we're a little bit too transparent. And our wives would say, amen to that. But I'd rather, you, I'd rather be real because here's the thing. Let me just be real with you. Years ago, when Tracy and I were in the ministry, we were living up in Tacoma, Washington, before we came here. It's about 30 miles south of Seattle. And I was youth pastor, associate pastor at a church called Community Christian Church. And we got a house. And we felt like the Lord told us we didn't need to live there anymore. We were to give that house away. And so that's what we did. We gave our house away. And when we gave our house away, we rented a house. It was so small, the house that we rented, and it was on one of the main drags, remember that? You couldn't leave anything out on the porch or someone would take it, okay? I mean, I mean, my, my front door in the street was right there. I mean, seriously. And so we lived there. We had given our house away. And the Lord spoke to us to come back to Louisiana. I actually told Tracy first, we're on the plane, so you're coming back. But she said, but Lord, I'm not telling Bubba. You talk to him. That's the truth. And so about two weeks later, long story short, I call her. I talked to this guy, challenged him, and I'm not here to tell all that story. And I, and, that's, and I told the guy, you need to do all God's telling you to do. And God speaks to me. I want you to move back to Louisiana. And God gave me a word. And that's part of it. That word is about this church as well, being part of this. And I remember I called her and said, hey, baby, God." God, you're not going to believe it. And I was bracing myself because she's from there. She was living by her mama and everybody. I said, God told us to, we're supposed to go back. We're supposed to go to Louisiana. And she, you know, get to know my wife. She goes, I know. What? God told me two weeks ago. I told him he needed to tell you himself. Because <laughs> I wouldn't, she didn't want to influence me. She wanted me to hear God. Are you hearing me? Yeah. And when we moved to Lafayette, my parents found a house that was in foreclosure in Lafayette on a street called Sunny Lane. It's right between Congress and Johnson Street. If you know where Wendy's is on Johnson Street, it's in that neighborhood behind that. And the house is there. So my parents kind of got it all right. We bought the house. And my parents, my, my, my stepfather owned a business, so he had guys. It was their slow period. He had them start fixing up the house, painting it, doing all kinds of stuff. And when they were done, we were going to pay my parents back what they had put the work into it. And I never forget. My stepfather goes, hey, Howard, that's my real name. I need to talk to you. And I go, okay. And he has a folder. It's like thick. He goes, this is the roof that you've got a brand new roof, brand new kitchen, brand new carpet, brand new paint, brand new like stuff. And he opens and he says, and it's about 13,000. Now you got to realize this was 1997, something like that. 87, okay. 89, thank you for telling the truth. And he goes, your mom and I talked. And the Lord told us, you're not, we're not, you don't have to pay us back. We're giving you, you this as a gift. 
Can I just tell you something? You know about how much money we'd put into that other, other house? About $13,000. God said this. If you, Bubba, if you build my house, I'll build your house. Are you hearing me? If you build his house, he'll build your house. And that's not to get you. But see, God said, if you do that, I'm not trying to raise, let me, let me just say, I'm not trying to raise funds here. I'm trying to pastor you to a new level of joy, I promise you. Are you hearing me? Because God wants you to have, God wants you to return. You know, the only way you're going to get joy is when you return what God rightfully belongs to God. And the joy of giving, that you can have an extravagant joy as you give and what you do when a God tells you to do. And so I'm done.